Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the My Therapy in a Box podcast. It's your girl and your host, Courtney Porter, and I have my co-host, Marcus Porter, with me today. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I am excited about our topic today, Marcus. I'm excited, too. Now, today, we have a special and unique topic specifically catered towards entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship I know a lot about that exactly and who better to dive into this topic with than my co-host okay all right well we in here then so what's what what, what we got you know entrepreneurship ain't no joke now (laughs) that's one thing I have learned and am finding out so we're gonna get into the mental trade-off of entrepreneurship today and so it's almost like we're gonna do a reverse interview with you today are you are you comfortable with that uh okay then you know shoot it to me shoot shoot your shot shoot your shot (laughs) let's i mean let's give the viewers some insight you know on the reality of entrepreneurship and the cost and price that comes along with it so it seems as though you're going to be talking about entrepreneurship and tying it into mental mental health yes because entrepreneurs got a lot of mental health problems Right. Are I'll you speaking? Okay. I'm speaking. I'm speaking for myself personally. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I know we go through a lot of stuff. So this is going to be real interesting. I think so, too. So let's let's get right on into it. My first question to you is as an entrepreneur, how has that impacted or just the experience of entrepreneurship impacted your mental health Um, in a negative way? <laughs> I well, mean, I guess you can only go negative when the, when when you're talking about mental health, right? Yeah. So yeah, um, how has it affected me? Um, pretty much, uh, entrepreneurship um, is really hard because you're starting out, um, hopefully doing something that you love and that you're passionate about, and so some of the things that I've struggled with uh, was feeling alone when I first started doing entrepreneurship. Um, felt alone, which is a sign of depression, you know, um, feeling like nobody's there to help me. Um, nobody believed in me, um, feeling like I have to carry this weight on my shoulders by myself. I have to Mm -hmm. have to be multiple people and wear many hats, many faces, um, to get the job done. So, um, it was, it's definitely depression. Um, I was stressed out. Right. Right. Uh, stress is like probably number one for me mm-hmm. um, just stressed out because I've I work long hours long days um, putting in um, like continuous amounts of work into my craft um, because I wanted it so bad so stress because you're worried about how other people view you 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 want to carry the name right the Porter name you want to make sure you make your parents proud of what you're doing your spouse proud but you also want to make yourself proud so you have higher expectations for yourself. So um, stress, depression, I think those are, are, are my top two um, things, top two effects that I've had, you know, when starting out as an entrepreneur. Okay. And I do want to go back. Um, with mental health, there can be pros and cons. So it doesn't always have to be a negative impact. There can be positive because when we talk about the health of something, we're talking about the overall health. So it can be good or bad. It doesn't always have yeah, to be positive. True. I mean, always have to be negative. And that's the thing. Like when when, when I started trying to be an entrepreneur, I was also working a nine-to-five job. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that stress and that depression, really, like majority of it came from me knowing what I wanted to do and me knowing that I just wasn't in a position to do it. Right. So that that was the the stress, you know, because I was working a nine to five and I would come home and I would soil into my business after hours. And so um, when you're working a nine to five and then you're coming home, working another, you know, six to six to seven hours on your business and not going to bed to like two or three o'clock, you know, in the morning. And then you're waking back up at six o'clock to get back to work. Like that's a lot of stress on the body. So I wasn't getting enough sleep. Um, but you know, when you, when you find what you really want to do, it's like, you have to do what you got to do to get where you want to be, you know, where you want to get to. And so that's, that's majority of where the depression and the stress came from, because I knew I couldn't quit my job 
because if I quit my job, I couldn't continue to invest in the business. Right. So you needed one to fuel the other. Right. So that's that's and it was it was very depressing because you mm-hmm. just want you you don't want to you don't want to work a nine to five like especially if you if you hate going to work and you yeah. don't like your job. Yeah, that makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. So um, that's that's I think I suffered more depression and stress when I was working at nine to five and trying to do entrepreneurship on the side versus me just doing entrepreneurship by itself. Now, one interesting thing that I've learned through research is that there is also something called the founder's blues. I don't know if you've heard of that or um, through your experience. Now, the founder's blues is pretty much what entrepreneurs deal with because of the, you know, stress that comes along with entrepreneurship and not having adequate self-care plans in place. And so you experience the blues, i.e. depression from needing to do all of those founders or startup business, you know, things, you know, the entrepreneur thing to do. So what you described almost sounds like founders blues to me. But even though you equate it to working the nine to five, but still the stressors of needing to invest in your business, um, needing the initial capital, still having to work, not having the time, missing the rest and all of those things still trigger those depressed moods that you experience. Yep, that's true. Okay. That's very true. And you did you say something about self-care? Right. Yeah, because uh, when starting entrepreneurship for me, self-care wasn't an option. You know, self-care was just not an option. And, you know, I would I would literally work uh, in my business um, day in and day out. I'm talking about like 12 hour days, 13 hour days, like no sleep. Like I wasn't eating. <laughs> like I would go days without eating or I'll go all day without eating. I would go days without taking a shower. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I would be sitting in my chair in my office and I would be working, working, working. I'm talking about building your websites, filing your LLCs. And then at the same time, sometimes you don't know all this information. And so I had to research the information because I didn't have the money to pay someone to tell me how to do it. Mm-hmm. So I had to research the information, learn how to file LCC, L- I mean LLC, learn how to develop a website, learn how to make my own business cards, my own flyers, create my own domain, my own hosting. The list goes on and on. So, so you're you're pretty much everything for yourself. Everything for myself, man. You know, I think it's two ways you can go into entrepreneurship. You you can you can have somebody do it for you and you can pay them. You got to pay them the money for them to do it for you because you don't know how to do it. That's the one way to get get to reach success in entrepreneurship. When you don't know how to do it, you pay someone else to do it for you. But another way is is a more cost effective cost effective way is Mm -hmm. you do it yourself. Yeah, you 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 learn that that thing that you don't know how to do. You invest in learning. And you learn how to do it yourself. And it costs a little less. But guess what? The trade-off is time. When you learn how to do it yourself, it takes more of your time. Right. And that's what happened for me. When you pay someone else to do it for you, then you get your time back. So that's, that's what I struggled with is, the, it, is the, the time issue. Yeah. And it, in addition to the time issue, it also sounds like the trade-off was a mental trade-off because it also increased your stress True. because nobody else's time is invested, but it's more so your time invested. Exactly. And the stress of research and finding out all these things and doing all these things for yourself increased your stress load, which therefore increased, you know, your depression and feeling like, man, I feel like, I well, I, you were doing it by yourself, but it's like just not having the adequate amount of help that you needed. Exactly. In place. Exactly. And I, and, and just to, and, to not get it twisted, I had money working my nine to five and I could have paid someone to do it. And I actually did I actually paid someone to do um, some things for me and they did not turn out the way that I wanted it to be. Mm. And you can ask for revisions. You can ask for this and tell them this. But in your mind, you have an idea and you have a certain way you want things to look. And some sometimes you have to go in and you can create it yourself. And so that's that's what I did on a lot of processes with building the business. I had to create a lot of things myself because I wanted things to look a certain way. Right. 
Understandable. It's like when you know what you want, that's what you want, and you're not willing to settle. Exactly. Okay. So it also, with being an entrepreneur, I don't know if you've heard of the imposter syndrome as well. Have you? No, I haven't heard of it. With the imposter syndrome, well, starting off as an entrepreneur, did you feel like you knew or you believe people would allow you to use you know your expertise and your experience to use your services did i believe people would like did, buy my did services you, or? right like was that simple for you at first um what was that experience like uh, it, promoting that, yourself i guess no nah, that wasn't simple for me because you know when when i thought about these ideas and what i wanted to do I didn't think nobody was going to book me for no photography. You know, I didn't think nobody was going to book me for no videography shoots. And that's mainly because, you know, also I had put this ideal in my mind that, dude, there are like, do you know how many photographers there are in Memphis? <laughs> you know, there is it's such a saturated mar- market, you know, really anybody can be a photographer. Like you can pick up a camera, you can pick up a camera from the store and say you're a photographer, create a website, get a business card, and boom, you're a photographer. Um, so it's, it's just a saturated market. But and, and I put those ideas in my head. I also had ideas of, you know, things that people told me in the past that I would never make money in being a photographer. I would never make money being a videographer because 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 of that, the market is so saturated. And so um I had a lot of doubts that, you know, people weren't going to buy. I didn't know where my customers were going to come from. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was just kind of like in limbo, you know. So, yeah, I had a lot of doubts. A lot of doubts. <laughs> I guess that's where the my idea of the imposter syndrome come came from. Because the imposter syndrome just pretty much is a belief that you're not, you don't feel adequate enough to do a skill, even though you know what you're doing. But you feel like an imposter, especially being an entrepreneur and first starting off. You have to convince people to believe that you're good at what you do, even though you know it. So that's why they call it the imposter syndrome. It's like no matter how much experience or education and expertise you have in something, it's still that that fault or that idea that comes where it's like, man, now I have to convince somebody else to believe that I'm as good as I know I am. And I just feel like an imposter because I have to try to convince, you know, other people that I'm as good as I know that I am. That's true. I think a lot of that, I think over time, I think at the beginning, I just didn't, that's Mm self-worth, like self-value. You know, I didn't, I didn't have a sense of self-value, self-worth. I just didn't, I just didn't find, find myself valuable enough to deliver the work you know i didn't see that that high quality self in myself you know yeah and so um i think that's what what it would what any any entrepreneur starting out when you when you start out you have to be in the right mindset to say you know what i am worth something you know i am valuable you know this is my craft this is i work on this every day day in and day out you remember me telling you like i put days and nights and Mm -hmm. hours into this craft so that's value because yeah. you're studying your craft. You're putting hours and time and you're learning and you're perfecting your skill, the gift that God has given you. And so is is that not worth worth anything? It's worth much. It's worth a lot. It's, it's, it's like when people it's go like to in school. school. Yeah, yeah, school. <laughs> you like you like you. You went and you got your education. You you got your social work degree. Um you first you got your bachelor's, you got your master's, then you got your clinical license. Right. Well, the master's license. The and master's then the license. license. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to speak that lingo. Mm. You know that social work lingo. Right. Um, but you got your clinical license. But if you go out and you apply for a job, and a job offers you and say, "Hey, Courtney, we're gonna offer you thirty thousand dollars a year," it's like, whoa. I mean, you a LCSW, you know, right. thirty thousand. That that don't make sense. Like I went to school. Like I I studied this craft, not for no thirty thousand a year. Right. Let me get them six figures. You right. feel me? <laughs> and if it's not making sense, it surely ain't making dollars. It surely ain't making dollars. <laughs> That's the same way we apply that to entrepreneurship. Right. You got to value yourself. And 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 there's a saying that says, you know, you got to teach people how to treat you. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have to teach people how to value you. 
That's true. And so in the business world, you have to teach people what your worth is and you have to stick to it. You can't flex. You know, you can't flex with it. But with that, I mean, when you're first starting off, you still want to get your feet wet and get your foot in the door. So it's still some form of compromise, even with still having value for yourself for yourself and having people realize your value. I'm sure at first there were some prices or some things that you may have comp- not really compromised, but you weren't as strict on because yeah, it's true. like, uh, you know, I have to start somewhere, exactly. you know, to build, you know, to build, build and up a clientele. Thing. And and that's the thing, like being an entrepreneur, when you starting out, you don't have, uh, and I'm speaking from a photography or videography standpoint, but that's where any business, you don't have a clientele. Mm-hmm. So when you create your, your website, like what do you put on it? What, what what pictures do you put on it? What what portfolio do you have to show your work? And so, therefore, I didn't have a portfolio. And so, sometimes you do have to compromise, but it's a good compromise because it's going to help you get more business in the future. So, starting out, I feel like it's okay to um, to get business for free or do business for free. And um, and I did that a lot, you know. And really, to this day, that's how I still build my business is by doing free work. Um, and you have to pick and choose what free work you do. You can't do everything for free. Right. Um, but I believe that you you can do some free work, and I did free work to kind of build my picture portfolio, to build my videography portfolio. And I went out and I shot gigs for free. And, you know, the crazy thing is, is that when you go out and you do good work and you value yourself and you know that you're good, and you still put in 100% even you, with the free you work. Give 120. 120. You, you, see, you give 120. And that's the thing. Like a lot of cats, they putting in free work, but they not giving 120. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right. They go on with that mindset, that mental mindset said, well, since it's free, I'm not going to shoot the best. I'm just going to shoot this shot. I'm right. not going to give my best. I'm going to show up on time. I'm going to show up at 12 o'clock instead of you showing up at, at 1130. So when you when you're punctual, when you give your best and you're professional from from the start to the finish, given 120, people will realize your worth based off how you show them. You know, so mm-hmm. that's what I did when 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 it was free. When I showed up for a photo shoot, I came guns blazing. I had all the cameras, the lights. I had I had the best that I had, and I gave it my best. I spent a lot of time editing the the pictures and the films. And come to find out that a lot of those client clients, they book me for other gigs and they they're like repeat customers. And so that's the thing. Like and, and not and, and to be honest with you, not all of them will work. Sometimes you do free work for people and they forget you. They like you don't never hear from them again. Yeah, that's true. And I've had that done to me a lot. Like I've done free work for people. I've done free photo shoots, free videos. And sometimes to me. Free work seems to be the hardest thing to do because it seems like people demand more out of you when it's free. For some reason. For some reason. I don't know what it is. Cr- it's almost like you owe them something. Right, right. It's exactly. just like a imp- like an indirect or implicit thing. I don't get it. I don't get it. But um, that's just how it is. That's just exactly how it is. Okay. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next question. What price... Do you feel that you paid the most from starting your own business? Ooh, the price that I paid the most. <laughs> are you talking about for like one item or you like what are you referring to? Oh, me? well, I want not really financial price. Oh, financial but... price. OK, <laughs> I'm about to be like, well, let me think on that one because it's a, it's a it's a high prices. When you yeah, in the video I know world. you can be a hot, yeah, high price yeah, person. That ain't no joke. But. Outside of financial, <laughs> what other price or let's say sacrifice do you feel like you paid the most for? The price that I paid the most for in starting this business. What price? Um, man, that's a good one. What price did I pay? Um, I, I I'm, I'm gonna answer it in this form, and I hope this is answering the question. Um, but the price I paid. For um, when we moved to Memphis, you remember um, I worked at FedEx for a year and I told you that I wanted to do my business full time. Mm-hmm. 
And so um, I left FedEx. Well, my contract, I was on a contract with FedEx and my contract was up. And so with FedEx, you can you can you can only you can come back every other year. So after my contract ended, um, I had an opportunity to get another job, but I turned it down because I wanted to, you know, kind of start my own business. You thought that was an opportunity to pursue. Right. You know, your passion. And so we talked about it. And I don't think you really agreed. I don't know if you agreed or not. I think you had, you had some there drawbacks. Was some, there was some hesitancy. Yeah. Because I was, I was just unsure. Like, I know I was used to, you know, there being two incomes coming in. Right, right. And I knew how things were taken care of with two incomes. So it was, it was just that idea like, uh, like what's going to happen with just one income coming in? And will that put a dent in how bills get paid or how we're able to do to do things outside of bills. Those were just concerns that crossed my mind. I, yeah. Just the uncertainty of what happens if it doesn't work out. Yeah. So you weren't fully on board, but you was like, well, if that's what you want to do and we'll just make it work. Yeah. And so I remember, you know, this is where I like finally got back into photography and video. I was speaking at that time though. I was more so doing the inspirational clothing line and we did that for a year. And I believe that was the toughest year ever in life. Like (laughs) we was like, we struggle every month, every month we were struggling. Right. Because I was made, I wasn't making like no money. Like I was making nothing. Right. Really. You know, I really wasn't making nothing. I was doing speaking gigs and some were for free, some were paid, but they weren't even paid enough to where it could pay a bill. It wasn't even that amount of money. Um, I sold some clothing wear, um, but it just wasn't enough to cover household expenses. And I know during that rough patch, that was the toughest. And that's and I and is that is that where you're asking? Yeah. Yeah. So that that's that's one thing that that man that that right there, man. When I think about that. And, and I remember at the end of that year, um, it got so bad. Like, we was behind, like, three months on bills. You know, we had our car repossessed. Remember we had our car repossessed at one point? Mm-hmm. I know you're looking at me crazy, but, hey, this is real. This is real. Like, we, uh, like, lights lights off, uh, eviction notices. And this is the real, like, truth of what entrepreneurs go through. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, you know, I read on blogs and I and I see that people kind of sugarcoat it, you know. People kind of sugarcoat it. They always tell they the success story. They don't story. feel in every detail. They don't feel in the details, mm-hmm. bro. We had, we we woke up one day. We looked outside, and the car wasn't there. And we and I'm telling you, our hearts dropped. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and when we tried to go get our car to get it out, they gave us an attitude like they You're didn't right. want us to get the car back. <laughs> and so I mean, I mean, it was crazy. And I think at that point. I think you hit an all-time low. Like, you you was just, like, fed up. And you was like, bro, I, I need you to go back to work. You know, I, I need to get my hair done. I need to do this. I, I'm tired of being behind on bills. And I heard you. It, it, you spoke to my heart. And the thing about it was I didn't want to go back to work. I did not want to go back. Like, I believed in it so much that I just didn't want to go back. But, you know, I also, I also had a mentor. A mentor by the name of Gifford, and Gifford uh, Gifford uh, encouraged me that, hey man, you gotta, you know, you can't just be going out into the entrepreneurship world without no capital, without a plan, without a plan. I had no plan. I just jumped the ship. I jumped off the ship with no life, with saver. no life, with no, with no, with no strings. You know, little strings that on the fishing pole. Right. I had nothing on. There me. was no, no beach in sight, no <laughs> island view in sight. It was just whole ocean around. Man, bro, I, I thought I was Nemo. You feel me? I just jumped out. Oh, there. Jonah. I caught it. Yeah, Courtney. Courtney got the jokes today, but but um. But I went back, but he told me, man, he, he coached me and um, he got he got me back into FedEx. And, you know, um, and I look back on that on that on that time period to this day like that was the toughest thing. You know, I, I don't want to say I regret it. You know, I wish I had not have done that, but I, I really don't regret it because I learned so much in that year. 
um, yeah, that I can tell other people about it. That's one thing that I've also read through research because, I mean, being with you through this experience, I've learned things, but also in my research of entrepreneurs and the effect on mental health, many have learned lessons because not all startup businesses flourish. Like many of them fail the first and second times. And but and the thing about that is not every founder stays along for the ride to see if it will work out. True. So at true. least you stuck with it, even though you jumped in the water, you found a way to, you know, get a lifesaver because some founders chose the other route and they allowed their mental health to really take them out literally. And they gave up and committed suicide and things of that nature. So, and you know, and you know, I started uh, a business two years before that. Right. It was Target Martial Arts and Fitness. Mm-hmm. And we, and both of us did that together. We both did that together. We had mm-hmm. we had we had Zumba. We was both Zumba instructors. Yep. Um. Um. I was a, a mid metologist. I was a boxing mid work instructor specialist. Right. Um. We, we also taught. Well, we I didn't teach. But we had martial arts instructors. We had martial arts, and uh, we had uh, we had hula hoop. We had the hula hoop people in there. Right, we right. Had, hula hoop the instructors. Hula we had yeah. hula hoop instructors, and we had um, um, we had um, summer camp. We had a, we had we did did. our first summer camp program. But you know, with that experience, that was the most enjoyable man. That was experience. So like I, I loved every bit of that summer, even though we was. You know, it was a month to month thing, but the experience with those kids, you know, cannot be taken away. Like that's an experience those kids will remember for years to come. And that's an experience that I will remember. You know, I hate we had to close the business, but at least it was able to impact, you know, people in the process, kids and adults. Yeah, it was fire, man. It was fire. I don't even know how that joint worked as long as it did. And, yeah, and I mean their support. Yeah, support. I mean, yeah, that's true. Because we, we, we had people behind us. And you shout know? out to Madison Mission, man. Madison yeah, Mission back in in Huntsville, in Alabama. Huntsville, Alabama. And we had so many people from that church to support our vision, our dream, man. And it's it's crazy when you have people who believe in you, man. Yeah. And I think when we shut the business down, it was because of financial. Like we couldn't we couldn't pay we couldn't pay the rent and. It just got to a point to where it's like, man, we can't like we're we're sacrificing our own money to pay this pay right. this, this commercial space. And I, you remember when we shut the business down, I was so depressed. Like I was depressed. That I was depressed. Worse, worse than what and what the uh, when when I left FedEx and went back to FedEx. Mm-hmm. It was worse than that. I was I was so depressed. You remember I did not go to church. For like two or three months, mm-hmm. I was down. My face was heavy. I was sleeping all the time, and I think it was because I was just so embarrassed that all these people invested in me. All these people invested in me financially. They brought their kids there, and for me to just shut it down because we couldn't we couldn't function no more, it was like it was an embarrassment. It's like I let everybody down, and I was scared to go to Madison Mission because a lot of people who were from there supported the business and mm-hmm. i was scared to even just show my face in that piece because i was just so ashamed because but, all these people believed in me and i let them down right but then the crazy thing with that is when you actually showed your face people were still encouraging you it was like man yeah, that true. was such a great experience man we we appreciate and the thoughts that you had that they would think towards you wasn't those thoughts at all exactly and 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 People tried to reach out to me and get in touch with me, but yeah, when I came, when we came back to church, or when I came back to church, uh, I mean, there were so many people just like, "Man, we miss you. Where you been?" You're like, it's okay, you know what I'm saying? We we like we understand. We understand, understand, right? And it was just like, man, that was it was crazy. Like it was like the the people were just so welcoming and just showed so much empathy, right? And so, um, I, but I, at that point, Courtney, you remember, you remember, I told you I would never do a business again. That's what I said. That's exactly what you said. Never. One thing I know about the word never is to never say it. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> never say that piece. But some more information that I found out about startups is that the four things that you need when it comes to startup 
is you need focus, passion, fire, and the emotional stimuli that comes with it. And when you lose those, you know, those four things, then that's where the mental and emotional shutdown and experiences come from. When you lose focus, when you lose that passion, when you experience burnout, and when you become so emotionally overwhelmed, it doesn't really seem like you can give your all in making sure that that business um, works out or comes to fruition like you want it to. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I found myself not really knowing if this was really what I wanted to do. You know, I've been through a couple of businesses. You know, I've you know I've I've had so many things that I wanted to do with my life, from being a barber to a cosmetologist. <laughs> you know, who would have who would have thought that you know. Uh, you remember I was in uh, I was in in uh, master math grad school as nutrition. Yeah. And then I switched it to social work. Yeah. <laughs> For what a month or two. A month or two. And it wasn't it, even a whole semester. And then was I, it? I worked at the um, auto body shop. You yeah. know, doing cars like like it was a pimped out you know car pimp shop. My ride. Pimp my ride. <laughs> shop. You know, I was I was painting cars and changing things out. Like it was so many things I wanted to do. And then when that and when when we had to. When we had, when I had to go back to work and work at FedEx, it was almost like as, in that period, that's when I started to learn what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, before you start a business, you have to really find yourself that niche. Yeah, that niche in who you are and what it is you want to do. What yeah. are you good at? That's true, or else you'll end up wasting a lot of time. Yeah. Like and wasting money right. because you're you've started something, but you're still trying to figure out who you are. Yeah. And what you want to do in the process. That's true. So you kinda like everywhere. Everywhere. So yeah. it took me a little while. Um, but you know, after Target, after jumping out my first time and then going back to work at FedEx, I think that's when I started to realize, oh yeah, this is what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. But guess what? My mentor told me, get a plan. And that's what changed the game. So that when I went back to work, I worked there. I went back to work and I worked for like over a year, a year and a month. I had a plan. And that plan was, hey, bro, you're going to invest money into your business every month. You're going to take care of your wife. Make sure she's good. But uh, you take the other part of that money and you invest in your business every month and you get something done. And it was the hardest year, a year and two months of my life. <laughs> it was difficult. <laughs> but I knew what I wanted to do. And, and you I weren't deviating it. from and it. I wasn't deviating from mm-hmm. it. And you know me, I always change. You know, I say I want to do something and then I change to something else. Right. You know, I get, and I think that's where the hesitancy right. came from because it's like, Mark, like, are you sure this time? Like, are you really, really sure? Exactly. Because, you know, we moved quickly before when we right. thought you were sure. But exactly. it's like, OK, this time, are you really sure? Are yeah. you positive? Are you absolutely positive? But, you know, this is it because I put so much work into this. You have invested. And I've stuck with it. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't deviated not one time. And so, you know, to all the beginning entrepreneurs out there, it's just finding who you are. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the mental health aspect of it is first. You know, before you even start a business, what I re- recommend to a lot of people that I mentor is who are you, man? Like, who are you? And when you ask that question, it's like, uh, what, what, what you mean? Who am I? You know, right. like, like, tell me who you are. Like, who are you? And sometimes you have to look, look yourself in the mirror and and ask, who are you? Like, who are you? Like, what are your gifts? What are your talents? What are you good at? What is it that you do? What is it that you love? You know, what skills do you have? What's if you had and it, here's the money kicker. If you had a million dollars and, you know, I ask this question to a lot of people all the time. Yeah. If you got a million dollars and you you had it to your name today and you had to start a business, you had to do something, one thing for the rest of your life. What would it be? And then it's amazing how people just say, oh, I know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I would do this. You know, I would have my own nonprofit. Or I would, I would open up my own salon. Mm-hmm. Or I would have my own nail bar. I would have my own studio. Like, I would have my own private practice. And so it's crazy the responses you get when you get that question. Because guess what? That question sets no limits. 
And so we That's true. It says no and limits. You don't, and you're not don't have to worry about anything because right. you have the capital there. You got the capital. So money's <laughs> not an issue. Right. Money fixes all your problems in this situation. Right. And so um, that's a question I had to ask to myself when I said, you know, and, and my photography and videography is bigger than just photography and videography. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have I have big dreams beyond that. So, yeah. Um, and that's that's what pushes me. Um, the next the next point I want to make is I know you were saying, you know, you were you gave your point as far as the mental health. But even earlier, one thing that uh, you pointed out about self-care that I want to come back to and which is actually what makes entrepreneurs more prone to mental illness is the lack of that self-care when you said you didn't eat sometimes right, because right. the issue came or comes from the diets are often poor where you eat too much or you eat too little True. or not at all. It's like you don't get enough sleep and you don't make time for exercise, right? Which is a part of your physical health. You push yourself to the brink and abuse your body. True. And all of those trigger the vulnerability to mood and an increase in that anxiety and that stress. Yeah, that's true. You know, it just makes it more easier for you to become irritable when you don't want to. Because if if you're not rested and you haven't eaten, I mean, first of all, when it comes to you and food, like even when you had a good night's rest, we know how that can be. Yeah, right, right, man. It when you no hungry, joke. it's like when you man, hungry, come on. Man. But when you add not giraffe, when you hungry, <laughs> tell me, just taking everybody out, clotheslining everybody, clothesline, clothesline. I'm just you look at me wrong, clotheslining you with my giraffe neck attitude. I'm playing with y'all, man. But when you add, shoot, I love to eat. Yeah, we know lie. that. But when you add not eating to not get an adequate amount of rest, like, honestly, that puts a lot of pressure on your mindset and on the the beneficial chemicals that are produced from getting adequate amount of adequate amounts of sleep and rest and exercise. Because when your physical health isn't taken care of, that plays a big effect on your mental health. Yeah, that's true. And your emotional health, because guess what? If I'm eating too much. More than likely, you spread it and you getting bigger, right? Because you're not exercising. Yeah, then you then you start to feel bad about how you look. And that adds even more to feeling depressed because like, shoot, man, why I'm so fat? Or why am I this? Or why do I look like this? And then that self, you know, self-esteem is impacted. So it's so much that plays into a part. So when you said at the top of the talk that, you weren't even worried about your self-care. That right there made you more prone to depression. Yeah, and it, that's true. Which increased your stress level with the business. So I thought that was so interesting how you technically answered the question and the point that I was going to point out. Like you brought like you brought it brought it up and initiated that. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's, it's crazy when you talk when you have a wife as a mental health therapist. They say certain things to trigger things in you to say. <laughs> it's crazy man uh, but yeah with with that you know i didn't eat i wasn't and think about being an entrepreneur i always grabbed foods that were quick food that was convenient that was convenient mm-hmm. because i would sit in my office chair all day long when it was time to get up it was like i'm not fixing nothing i need to go get something to eat come back and work yeah. that, that was it and um by doing that you know what i'm saying I, i've done that for for a couple of years you know I, when i was depressed and, you know, stress and depression, you know, I'm a stress eater. So when I was back at FedEx and I was working, trying to build my business on the side that second time around, don't you know that I was at, you remember me telling you the other day that I was I was eating McDonald's every day. And I did not know that. Yeah, I was, I, I, I was working at FedEx and I was working a night shift from like 10 in the morning to like 11 at night. We was doing like mandatory overtime. I was depressed. I was so depressed and I was still working my business from like the time I got off of work to like three or four in the morning, get a couple of hours of sleep. And I would, uh, I would, I would, I would get up early in the morning and I would go to McDonald's, two double cheeseburgers, extra pickles, extra mustard, extra ketchup, (laughs) (laughs) a large fry and a large Sprite. And that was every day for like, man, 
probably like for months. Um, and I would, I probably would take a break for two days, eat something else. And we ain't going to get into the effect that McDonald's food itself have on you. Yeah, we already but know. But that's a side. And know. I blew up. I blew up. And I, cause I was stressed out. I knew I didn't want to be there. I hated being there, but I knew I had to do it for the sake of the business. And I was just doing what I had to do. And because of that, I remember, uh, September in 2017, I broke down Courtney. Like I, like there was people at my job saying stuff to me. They was arguing. And I just like my brain, it got, it's like my body just shut down. It was like, I can't take no more negativity. I can't take no more. I shut down, and I remember telling you, I'm leaving my job. I, yeah. I'm ready. Enough was enough. Enough was enough. And I remember putting that note on my, my manager's desk and saying, look, this is it for me. Two weeks, I'm, I'm out of here, and I'm doing what I love. And this time, I'm not giving up. I got a plan. Um, but I remember going to the doctor, and the doctor telling me that I was on the verge of diabetes. Right. And to t they was telling me that, hey, man, you need to get your you need to get your weight under control like you're obese. Like like I went into the doctor six months ago, six months ago from that September. And they said when six months ago, you gained like over thirty five pounds. Wow. But what they don't realize, I gained that thirty five pounds in like a month. Mm. I just didn't tell them that. And so it was like, man, you you gained so much weight from the last from your last medical visit. Mm -hmm. It's like you're you're obese, bro. Like you you you're too overweight, and it's like you need to check your diet. Um, I was I had kidney stones. You remember I had a kidney stone? Yeah, I do. Of not drinking enough water, mm -hmm. not working out, but eating too much, and you know um, now and still to this day, I'm still suffering from the bad habits that we created. A year or two years ago because yeah. now i got diagnosed with fatty liver disease and that's that's due to um eating too much fried and bad foods yeah. and not working out mm -hmm. and so now i'm having to switch some things up and it's like now you, it's like either you're going to choose to take care of yourself or your body's going to say look it's going to shut down and you're going it's going to force you to take care of yourself right so now and you still won't be able to do what you want to do if your body shuts right, down. Right, exactly. So now I'm at the point to where I'm doing what I got to do because I have to do it. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to be on the liver transplant list. You know, I don't want to get liver cancer. You know, I don't want to get diabetes, too. And so now I have to check my diet. I can't eat certain foods. I can't eat carbs. I can't eat sugars. Like it's got it's serious right now. And it's all because of those decisions that I've made um, and the stress that I've allowed in my life, the stress and the depression and not, not, not handling the self care portion right. of the life. And those are the effects of it. And it's like things that you try to avoid or you didn't think was important. Having the, having to go to the doctor, having your body show itself as True. just as important for you was, is a reality check to you. Like, Oh, maybe I can't push taking care of myself aside because exactly. if yourself is not taken care of then you really can't do anything i mean if you get sick or if you are in the hospital then your business is really not running because you are your bit yeah, i mean true. you're based off what your business does and you're the main person in your business when you're not well your business isn't running the way you want it to yeah that's true and you got i have so many clients that's dependent on me. Mm -hmm. I got clients that's booking me for the next year. We ain't even there yet. And so that's 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 motivation to me. Yeah. Um, but also, I have to remember, in order for me to get there to next year, when, when the clients booked me, I got to take care of my you body. You have to take care of yourself. And if you you, you got to live. Mm -hmm. You got to live and you got you to gotta have some type of importance on your health. And I think when, when you're starting a business or you're an entrepreneur, you, maybe you've been in business, you have to kind of set some things uh, uh, in, in life, like what's important to you. And so I had to reassess myself because I said, you know what, I can't, I can't just keep running and, and, the tank, and, and my body's not getting any rest. Yeah. And my family is breaking down or my marriage is breaking down or I'm not spending enough time with my wife, you know. And so I had to say, you know what? Here's some things that's important to me. I said, one is my health. You know, I, I got that's important to me. 
Two is my, my spiritual life. That's important to me. Three, my family, my wife. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's important to me. My wealth, that's important, you know? And and business, that's important, you know? And so I take all those important things, and guess what? I focus on those things, and I don't focus on anything else. Which and, take, And that takes me to the next point, which is pretty much the solution for entrepreneurs in improving their mental health and not allowing, not being so prone to mental illness is exactly what you said. I don't know if you were looking over my shoulders at my notes or something, <laughs> no. but it's like you you just know how to bring it in. I don't know. Maybe it's that connection. But anyway, the point is you have to develop a self-care plan. Yes. And that self-care plan has to be a personal self-care plan exactly. and a business self-care plan. Now, like you said, you prioritize, but with the personal self-care plan, it's important to care for your body, like you said, yep. and to spend time with family, like you said. For the professional and your business self-care plan, you have to allow professionals to help you yep, and make exactly appointments right. with professionals, whether that is a business coach, whether that is a therapist, even for yourself, or even a planner. Sometimes a you have to... Or a mentor. Sometimes you have to include other people, professionals in to spread out some of the responsibility. But there there are, is also, I think there's a higher importance on including a therapist because there's, there is, there's something that therapists can do that a coach can't do. That Definitely. That a mentor just can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're taught in the business world that if I'm a t-shirt business, you don't need a person in photography to be your mentor. You need someone in that same niche to be your mentor, you know, because they can more relate to your situation. Right. A therapist, they can relate to all situations. And you guys kind of, you guys, you you use like certain, like, I don't know if it's mind games that you guys use. Did you say mind games? It's some tricks that y'all, y'all got this big bag of tricks we are and not puppet masters. I don't know, man. Y'all good though. Y'all, y'all. I mean, therapists that I've spoken to, man, they y'all are good. They sit there and ask you some questions, and you will talk about your whole life. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? You go, you go all the way back to the beginning. You know when you was one years old. When, when you was in your mom's womb, you you you, you could taste the the t- taste the Kool Aid. You know what I'm saying? It's don't like, nobody remember that but you. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Therapists ain't no joke, man. And I, I think, like, with coaching, they help you co- they coach you through life. They help you find a solution to different obstacles that you're facing in your life. Right. You have mentors that actually, hey, you know, I'm a mentor in this business. I can, I can coach you and show you how to make money. In the business realm. In the business realm. But mm-hmm. then you have that therapist that they, they help tackle the mental aspect to keep you out of that depression. They, and also they, the things that can interfere with your business being successful like certain habits or um, unresolved issues that can you know create a conflict with your business actually thriving and you coming to a resolve with that or being able to just to process those things so they won't continue to be like weights on your ankles and chains. I just had to say something man because that therapist you know you need you I I just feel like you do need a therapist that you can go see, even if it's just like once a month or mm-hmm. once every other month, yeah, just to kind of regroup your mind because yeah. they can dig just like deeper. a refresher, yeah, a check in. Because as a I lot say. of times, what you're going through is deeper than your current situation. It has something to do with something way back previously mm-hmm. in your past, yeah. And that's therapists tackle all that stuff. They just yeah. don't. Oh, you're 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 depressed in your business. Well, how did you grow up? What was your dad like? Mm-hmm. I'm like what my dad got to do with anything about my business right but then they flip it like a like a like a pancake you know what i'm saying <laughs> and you be like dog this pancake good it's buttery <laughs> you put a little maple syrup on it and then you mess around you be in the session you put too much maple syrup on it because you talking too much and then before you know it your 60 minutes up we'll see you next time I'm like i can't can i get an extra 15 though can i get an extra 15 i'm just saying Therapist, therapist is, is the truth. That is how it is, though. I actually like therapists, though, man. It's, it's kind of cool. You, you know, you feel better when you come out of there. So, just imagine how the therapist feels after hearing all that stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I know. I know. They it's need a lot. to speak to somebody. 
But anyway, <laughs> I, I digress. Um, but yeah, I think it's so interesting. You know, for every problem, there is a solution. So the prop of the overall problem is not taking care of yourself, but the solution is developing a plan. True. Um, a professional plan and a personal plan. And hopefully the plan that you, you know, just mentioned that you're putting in place will get you back on track um, physically, emotionally and mentally. So you can thrive as an individual as well as your business and get you, you know, back on course. Yeah, that's true, man. You, you got to have a plan in place. You know, it says without without a vision, the people the perish. People perish. Mm-hmm. And it's right to vision, make it plain. So you gotta you gotta put something down on paper, have a plan, have a strategy. I because think that's that, very important. Yeah, and it it keeps you on track, and I mean it also helps you remember just in case you forgot what you exactly. thought you were gonna do. You was like, oh yeah, I did write this down, you know, because we have so much that goes through our head on a daily basis. You can't remember everything, so I think that's you know the blessing in writing things down or journaling. Yeah. Um, and that's why people create a lot of vision boards and mm-hmm. so they can kind of remember and see those things every day. You know, I have vision boards on my phone. I yeah. have vision boards in Pinterest. And so, you know, I can continually reflect on those things um, every day. I don't really reflect on them every day like I should. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do go back and I reflect on those things and it kind of reminds me why I'm doing what I'm doing. So I do have another point and then we are getting close to wrapping up. What are your thoughts? I know earlier you said um, as far as the self-worth aspect, you know, you you just don't feel like you may have an adequate self-worth in promoting yourself to other people when starting a business. And I read somewhere that it says your self-worth is not the same as your net worth. Right. So many times you can't equate the fact that people aren't buying into your service as the value of who you are and what you bring. Cause just cause they're not paying for it now still doesn't take away from your self value. What are your thoughts on that? Hey man, you just, you just, I mean, it's true, man. You, you, you can't put a price on who you are. I mean, cause if, I mean, you put a price on me, I'm infinity, baby. I'm infinity. You okay. feel me? You know what I'm saying? It ain't no price. It ain't no check you can write okay. for this. For that. <laughs> I hear ya. But that's it's important, man, you know, to just value yourself, your self-worth. I feel like, you know, in the beginning, it's hard for other people to see that. But you have to see yourself as a million bucks mm-hmm. out the gate. You have to see yourself like, you know, you ha- I had to start to realize that I have to see myself as shoot the the best photographer there is i know there's other photographers out there that are really good that are at the top of their game but it's not about competing against other people it's about being the best version of yourself right and so you have to say to yourself i am the best money mayweather says he's the best right you don't know what losing is he's just he's a winner you have to say to yourself that you are a winner you're the best at your craft and nobody can outdo you and you have to continue to feed that positivity into yourself so you can get that self-value, so you get that self-worth. You don't need approval from other people to tell you what your worth is, you know, because you, you're not you're not you're probably not going to get that in the beginning. So you have to be your own voice. Mm-hmm. But when you go out there and you start getting like like Lisa, like you get the train moving. Once you get the train moving and you start getting things pumping and people starting to see that you're blowing up on social media and then the word of mouth is going. Right. Then people start valuing like, oh, man, this dude, is, this dude is awesome. This this girl is cool. Like, let me let me book her. Like people like to get on the moving train, on the moving train. <laughs> people don't like to get on a train that ain't moving. Right. That's know? not going nowhere. So you have to get that thing moving. You, right. You got to get it moving. And So that's the thing to a lot of entrepreneurs starting out. Don't worry about the he say, she say. Don't worry about people not paying you what you're worth. You just show them what you're worth. And it will all come. And if you keep putting in good good services and you keep sowing into the world with, with goodness and positivity and you're giving 120, you're showing your self-worth. You're showing your values. And people are going to see those values, respect them. And before you flown, you know, I, I've done so many gigs. I can't tell you so many gigs I've done for free. And I shot my butt off. 
sweating, shirt soaked. Mm-hmm. And guess what happens? I look up in my phone and someone sends me three hundred dollars. Hey, this was a free gig. Like, why right, are you sending right. me three hundred? Why are you sending me fifty? Right. You know. So you'd be amazed that when people see your self worth and you're out there just doing it because you love it and you value yourself. And people will jump on the train when, when when it gets moving. It just takes a little time. That's for sure. I do want to um, share an analogy, and then I want you to, you know, give us a last point. Okay. Um, the analogy that I came across is a man riding a lion, right? And so people seeing the man riding the lion would say, man, he is brave. Like, I can't believe He's doing that like he must really have some skill to be able to ride that lion's back. And then the man on the lion is saying to himself, how in the world did I get up on this lion? and how can I get off? Like, how can I keep from getting eaten? And that's how I equate entrepreneurship because people are looking at you. You're like the hero in society entrepreneurship is like the trend nowadays. And people are looking at entrepreneurs like, oh, my God, like, how do you do it? I can't believe you did it. Like, how can I do what you did? Or can how can you teach me? And you're looking at us or you're looking at viewers like, man, how in the world did I get here? Like, just trying to survive. Like, right, right. <laughs> I'm just trying not get to not get eaten, you know, by society and, that's you know, true. by everything else around me. So that's kind of like what I equate you know, entre- entrepreneurship to like riding a lion. You know, everybody has their own perspective of it. So that's the thing, man. First of all, how you even get on the line? <laughs> why did you, for what? Why did you even decide in your right mind to say, you know what? I'm going to get on a lion instead of a bear, you know, or a panda or a hyena or a dog. But you chose a lion. I'd rather get on an ant than a lion. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what I'd rather do. But anyway, that's a good analogy. That's, I mean, I guess it's cool, but I ain't getting on the line. I'm getting on the end. Uh, something well, that's you already on. you already on the line, metaphorically speaking, being yeah. an entrepreneur. But yeah, man, you're on the line, man. And that's the thing. Like People always see um, the, the good place where you're at, the cool stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they see the fame, they see the fortune, they see all the Facebook likes, you know, the, the ads that's running on Facebook. They yeah. see the, the the flyers being posted on social media. They see the videos and they're like, man, you're, like, you're doing it. Like, I want to be where you are. Can you teach me how to do it? And it's just like, OK, you're just famous person now, you know, with your own following. But they they, they love the glory of it. They love the shine of it. Right. The the glossy glossiness of it. Like you love the fact of what I'm doing with my gift because I know who I am mm-hmm. and I'm living me in me. Right. You know, your boy on the line, he he riding that joint. But see, what y'all don't see is that the man's struggling. Right. You know and you and you still trying to figure out how in the world did he get on that at right. first. But <laughs> all you know is it's cool. It looks cool to be on the line. Yeah. I want to be on one too. Right. But you don't. You don't realize that. You know how what this man had to go through to get on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Did he train it? You know what I'm saying to get on the line? Is he controlling the line? Did he accidentally stumble and get on the line? Right. Is he on the line so he won't get bit? I mean, you know, entrepreneurship can be the same way. You know, you jump into you jump into a business, you jump into entrepreneurship, and you grind it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You're working hard, you know, and you have you're you're trying to survive. You know, you got people doubting you. You got people saying that you're not going to make it. You got bills that you need to pay, you know, you, you and, and you got to continue to build your business because you hear the thing in the back of your mind is that, man, um, you got to make it five years. It takes five years to even make profit. And a lot of businesses don't make it past two. And so you, you're just trying to survive. You're just trying to make it. You're trying to make it. But then in the same time of you trying to make it, you're trying to better yourself. And you're trying to progress and you're trying to take things to a newer height. So a lot of people always see the shine of something, but they never see the struggle. They never see what you go through behind closed doors. And I hope this podcast is to help some people, you know, mentally that, you know, this is not sugarcoating any any story out there when it comes to mental health and entrepreneurship because it's it's not easy. Like right. it's a grind. And 
a lot of people see me, man. Like I have, I have people all the time tell me, like, man, I, I love what you're doing. Like you getting it. Like you making all the money. Like, dude, you don't realize I'm not making all the money. Mm -hmm. Like I'm still struggling. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's the thing that people can get caught up in this virtual world. That you know, hey man, you know this 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 girl is doing it. This guy is doing it. You know the people we follow. Mm -hmm. But you don't know their struggle. You don't know what they're what they're doing behind the scenes. You don't know the in between of the post. <laughs> exactly. So that that's just that's just something that all entrepreneurs and people have to kind of like respect that everybody has their own story. Everybody is going through their own journey, and they have a everybody has a struggle to it. So um, you can't always look at the the, the glossy part, you you know, because you know that's that's. That's not what that's that all that glam and all that fame is it's just not easy like that. Some people think they can say, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur, boom, I got a million dollars. Boom, I got a whole bunch of clients. It's not gonna happen. You know, I've been doing this for over like five or six years, dibbling and dabbling in different businesses. And just this year alone, I've been able to stay out of the red. I haven't been in the negative all year. That's just a blessing. That's a, yeah. I'm not I'm not making like profit profits. I'm making money to where my my account is not going into the negative. Right. You see what I'm saying? That's a blessing in itself. Right. Right. You know, so there's levels to this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I just say, man, you know, be like just continue to be like the guy on the line. You know what I'm saying? Don't be like the people in the crowd that's always looking at other people like, oh, I want I want to do that. I want to do that. Try to be the person on the line, mm -hmm. so so you can look out and encourage someone else. Right. Say, you know, I got here, but you guys don't know what I did to get here. Let me show you the struggle. Right. And give you some tips along the way. And that's and that's where I wanted us to end. I wanted to see. I wanted you to share. Like, there are some listeners out here that want to be entrepreneurs, and if you had any you know, final words of encouragement or tips, but it looks like you, you know, man, I just say, man, just, much. just, just find out. I always, always, um, I would go around speaking to different schools and kids and I always tell them like, find out, find your identity. I think that's the key before starting any business, writing any business plan is find yourself, you know, find your identity, find out who you are and what you want to do. And then when you start your business, just realize that you're not alone. You know, just just know that you can you can call on help. You can call on mentors, coaches, you know, friends, family, just people that can push you and help you to be better and to bounce ideas off of. And and the last thing is no experience will be greater than the experience of your own. So I can tell you how to be an entrepreneur. I can preach to you and give you tips. And these are the 10 t steps on how to be entrepreneur. But there's one thing I, I can't do. I can't show. I can't really show you. I can't give you the experience. You see what I'm saying? Like, I just think the greatest teacher is experience. And to be the best entrepreneur that you can be, you have to go out and you have to fail. 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 Have to fail. Mm -hmm. And that's how I learned. I learned by failing and tweaking, failing and tweaking and making things better. So don't be afraid to go out there and mess some stuff up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't be afraid. But just know when you when, when one thing that that someone said to me when I shut Target Martial Arts down, uh, Tracy, she said this thing to me. It was a quote on my on my martial arts quote on my on my studio. And I, I didn't even read all the quotes. She read the quotes before I did. She mm -hmm. knew the quotes better than I did. But she said she pointed to the quote. It was L, the letter L. And she says, and it says, when you lose, don't lose the lesson. When you lose, don't lose the lesson. So when you fail at something, don't lose the lesson mm -hmm. in it. Just get better. Well, if that's not a great place to stop, I don't know what it is. And I definitely, oh my gosh, I thank my co-host for this discussion, you know, today on entrepreneurship and the mental cost that comes with it. But also, you know, the benefit, you know, the benefit to live, to live life and go after your passion as well. And for everybody who was listening today, I hope you all 
had a great experience listening to the podcast today. Um, and I had a good time. Yeah. You know, so I had a good time. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in to our new podcast. And, you know, I'm just glad to be here sharing you guys my a little glimpse of my story. So I hope it, it really does encourage someone. Yeah. And I and I hope it was helpful to all, you know, all the future entrepreneurs out there. And everyone's experience is different, but there's always a lesson that can be taken away. So I hope somebody took at least one lesson away for my podcast today. So thanks, everybody, for listening to the My Therapy in a Box podcast. We hope you learned something from the episode today and we hope you maybe even laugh. Be sure to subscribe and share your feedback on the podcast. We would love to hear from you in any topics that you want to hear discussed on the podcast. You can email us at mytherapyinabox.com or follow us on social media at mytherapyinabox. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, it's what's inside that matters. Talk soon.